We are here on Trump plus three, T plus three, as I like to say, and it has begun. Things are actually uh, happening in the Trump administration, which, first of all, kind of blows me away because only like 96 hours ago they were going to lose this election. Totally. And they had no plans for winning it. It wasn't just everyone else who thought so. They thought so, too. No joke. So so let's talk about a couple of things today. We're going to we're going to parcel this out sort of uh, over the next week or two, sort of this transition kind of thing. Today's topic is going to be um, the big infrastructure spending bill that we all know is coming as much possibly as a trillion dollars. I'm going to play a piece of tape here. Uh, You will hear the winner. You will hear the loser. uh, And then we'll talk about it. Here we go. We need to invest more in infrastructure. We will build the next generation of roads. Roads, our bridges, bridges, our tunnels, our ports, our airports, our water systems. That, believe me, folks, is what our country deserves. Infrastructure for all my friends, Andrea. (laughs) Right? That is such a beautiful montage, I have to say, because it points out that they could have been on the same stage. For that singular moment, that singular issue in the campaign, it's the one place where they were both saying the same thing. And frankly, a lot of members of Congress and Senate candidates, they were saying the same thing as well, that in order to invest in the future of our country, whether that be a digital future or a manufacturing future— it, we have to have the ability to transfer goods and services across the country, and that means infrastructure spending. So, uh, yes, like you said, uh, we expect a, a very big uh, infrastructure spending bill coming before the Congress very soon in the first uh, the first Trump term. Oh, yeah. As well as uh, you know some 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 little things on taxes that he would like to tweet. Oh yeah, but, but but that's all that's a whole different podcast. You know you know what I was going to say. But actually? it's not. It's not, well, no. What I mean I mean to bring it up because yeah, go ahead. yeah the moment that you start fiddling with income tax rates like federal yep. personal income tax rates, take them down to three brackets with thirty three being right. the top. The moment you drop corporate tax rates by twenty percent, well, gosh. Spending big on infrastructure gets a lot harder. Yeah, it totally does, which means let's all be ready for this. Debt and deficits are going to go up and it's going to be under a Republican administration, which is just so, so interesting. It is so interesting. And, you know, it, it, this is that's not unprecedented. Think Reagan. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Right. I mean, I right, mean, the case right. has been made many times that the GOP raises uh, spending more and, and increases the size of government more than Democrats do historically. Right. And Republicans were the first ones to make the argument back in the 80s that, well, it doesn't matter so much because once you invest in infrastructure, and there's some truth to this, you really create growth and ultimately growth in the tax base, both among individuals and corporate taxes and so on. The problem is that for the last three (laughs) decades, they've been making the opposite argument. And so they've opened themselves to a very strange political problem. How do you think this will I mean, obviously, this is going to happen, right? Right. But somebody in the Republican Party, one of the one of the mature thinkers, and I'm thinking here, honestly, of of Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, one of those people is going to have to reconcile this enormous increase in debt and deficits in this economy with traditional Republican fiscal conservatism. How does he do that? Yes. And it's not. Let me qualify that it's for for, for people like Paul Ryan and the traditional Republican Party that is in place in the House and Senate. This is not just a rhetorical shift. Their entire ideological base, the things they truly believe in, are based on not running up any more debt and deficit, at least for now, and shrinking government. And frankly, 
when you uh, cut taxes, no matter how much they would like to do that and how much they, you know, believe in this idea that cutting taxes, you know, stimulates the economy, right. um, you, you drain the Treasury. And so they've got a real – how do they do it? I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a very good case to be made that Donald Trump may be more – uh, fracturous to the Republican Party hmm. than any Hillary Clinton would have been hmm. or any other Republican candidate because he just doesn't have the support there. The other uh, person I'm thinking of, actually, in this entire fiscal policy debate is actually Janet Yellen. If you think back to Ben Bernanke's days during the crisis and he would go to Capitol Hill and and uh, Congress people would grill him and say, Mr. Chairman, what are you doing? Why can't you do more and this and that? <laughs> and he would always say, Fiscal policymakers need to do their share. My guess is that Janet Yellen is now sitting back saying, oh, thank God, fiscal policymakers, lawmakers, people who can spend money are actually going to help me out in this economy. Yes, uh, this is an enigma to me. I mean, Donald Trump has spent more time than any candidate in modern history bashing the head of the Federal Reserve, um, Janet Yellen, and saying that she is a political pawn for the left and the Obama administration. Which is, we will and say right here, just pure conspiracy theory. I mean, let's get that it's out It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, you know, there's no there's no question. That, you know, obviously, they don't totally disagree, yep. Obama and Janet Yellen, but they're not, that is not what's right. going on here. Right. Though it is interesting to note that in the last, you know, <laughs> you said T plus three. Yeah. In the last T plus three, we've seen uh, the sudden resurgence of a Mr. Alan Greenspan. Oh, I know, right? Um, he was on CNBC I the know, other day. And you're like, like what? Wait, where did you wait, huh? who? What? Where did you come from? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, I remember mm. you. Yeah. You know, so like, uh, so there's this, there's this very strange, I think this is one of the places where, frankly, um, Marketplace and here in Politics Inside Out, right. we can like totally. investigate a lot closer. What does that mean? Yep. Who cares? What, who, who, and, you know, what is it political? All of yep. those questions. But right now it's just, it's just, it's just soup. So, so interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Um, all right. So yeah. uh, we're going to do uh, one more topic uh, today and we're going to start it with this piece of tape uh, from the president elect of these United States. Here we go. I'm going to tell our NAFTA partners that I intend to immediately renegotiate the terms of that agreement to get a better deal by a lot, not just a little, by a lot for our workers. And if they don't agree to a renegotiation, which they might not, because they're so used to having their own way, not with Trump, they won't have their own way. So here we are, T plus three, and it's already starting. The gears have been put in place. The Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has come out and said, yeah, you know what, let's talk about this NAFTA thing. Remarkable that, that he said it, and now it's happening. Fascinating. It really is. And it's not just NAFTA. I mean, Trump wants to uh, instruct the Treasury Secretary to label China yep. as a currency manipulator. That, that's a first he hundred days to, item. Yeah. Yeah. All of these, you know, it's fascinating what he wants to do. The que- The big question is, can you just, I mean, it may seem like a president can, can come in and with the flourish of a pen, <laughs> uh, you know, deconstruct several decades worth of trade policy. But the truth is those things take unbelievable time to unwind and not because of the policy involved, but because of the massive business interests, Mm -hmm. international business interests, big and small, that have to change their own business practices or at least the way they think about them. And it, it just doesn't happen quickly. And so 
It's a little bit like, I mean, this is going to sound like an odd correlation, but like I think of Obamacare, like Obama, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, he yeah. like wrote into law, yeah. we are going to have this amazing system. It took years for yeah. anyone to see any change at all. And I think that uh, Donald Trump doesn't doesn't necessarily have that much time. You, you can't just magically create jobs by magically changing NAFTA. It takes years for those things to change if they're going to change at all. So I, I think that uh, I think we're going to have a very big reality check, at least for the people who expect a lot of Donald Trump and for Donald Trump himself. I, I have the man a, is, yeah, yeah. I, I have a pet theory, actually. Sorry to jump in. I have a pet theory that all of those promises that he made, and I understand that now he's acting on a lot of these, but the promises that he made will be geared back toward what is politically possible uh, in the environment in Washington, given given even that he controls uh, or his party controls both uh, the House and the Senate and the White House. Um, the actual delivery of items will be geared back. Absolutely. And yeah. the key to what you said is uh, uh, his party. Or yeah. you, well, you, yeah. you, yeah. you walked back the party he controls right. because that's the problem. Right. He is not really a Republican. The man, you know, the thing is people who exist in this um, web of, of, of politics and policy for a career have some sense of what they can and cannot promise realistically on the campaign trail. I think in yeah. some ways it's very, <laughs> it's very refreshing that the man came out and said, well, God, gosh darn it, God, I'm going to do it. Go, go ahead. I, go and say it. Come on. God say damn it. it. There I'm you gonna, go. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to do this right. and I'm going to do that. It, it's not... It, no one thinks it's terribly realistic, but by the same token, the sheer force of those statements yeah. and the fact that he was elected might loosen them up. It's it's the equivalent of, you know, Ronald Reagan was the only person who could stand there and say, tear down that wall. Right. There's a, there's a, there is a real way in which flexing one's muscles, especially with this kind of election behind them, could loosen things up in a way we, we can't predict right now. All right, so we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to do this again on Monday. I think probably at some point early next week, we're going to do a little uh, session that has basically your questions, our answers. So what you need to do is you need to tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Kai Rizdal. She is at Radio Babe. The program is at Marketplace. Um, how else can they get in touch with us? Semaphore, text, emails, yeah. what? letters at market, yeah, you know, Smoke social rings. media. Just do social media. Yeah. It's easier that way. All that stuff. Um, get us, and then um, we'll back. We're back on Monday. Uh, maybe with your questions. Maybe we'll do that Tuesday, Wednesday, because we'll get some good ones too. Um, uh, and then we'll figure it out. All right. Good. I'm Kai. Um, She's Andrea. We'll see you. Bye. 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 This is APM.